Dan in here. Bam, there he is. What's going oh. on, brother? And what has happened? I got to put my old man glasses on tonight because I'm reading from my phone because I'm sitting in a freaking hotel. So what is up, everybody? We're missing the lovely Emery this evening. He's ghosted everybody. Sue's uh, heart is broken, but his boyfriend is not returning his calls. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> well, we've got uh, we got T, we got Sue, and uh, and we got uh, Dan Nowak in the house tonight. What's up, Dan? Just living the dream. Unfortunately, I, I think I'm dreaming. I was living at the moment. I'm stuck in. Uh, I'm actually in Texas right now, but I'm stuck in Louisiana. My truck has uh, decided to. I don't know yet what it's doing. They're pulling the cab off tomorrow to get to the engine to see where all that oil is coming from. So. Uh, hope for the best. For yeah, yeah. He's like, well, it's 18 hours. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's what I got going on. Um, But welcome to the show, Dan. We're a little, I'm a little off kilter because I've had a rough week. <laughs> so forgive me, man. <laughs> but, uh, but all good, all good. Yeah, but let's give, let's give everybody a quick little introduction because I just recently took a ground rod class, which is kind of right up the alley of a lot of the stuff you do. And so let's give everybody a little bit of a uh, quick resume on, on the things that, that you're doing currently and uh, have been doing. Oh, my God. So I get to talk first. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here, man. I'm Fantastic. trying to get my camera sorted. It's still wonky. <laughs> All right. I'll give you a cover for about two minutes. There you go. So I've been obviously I'm old. I got the white beard. Hair's kind of going away as time goes on. And um, but. Things started a long time ago as a ridiculous teenager with a mohawk and a skateboard breaking into stuff, right? That's how all good uh -huh. things start, through petty crime and, like, hobbies. So <laughs> All good things start petty crime. <laughs> well, I, I say that now as a joke. When I was talking to a buddy, we used to do a lot of stuff together. He's um, he's still active. He's still active duty and doing stuff. And everything we did as teenagers now is a terror offense, right, per DHS. You look at it, our hobbies oh, yeah. and day-to-day -day stuff is something bad. And it's like it wasn't bad. It might have been... It was questionable, right? If you yeah. got caught doing it, police or security would go, get out of here, go. Right now, it's a different yeah. response. So yeah, it's that, a much different response today. Harder, faster, life-ending, career-ending, which is I feel bad for everyone who comes up and wants to do any of the kind of stuff I'm involved in. So, cyber stuff, technology-based things, radio hacking, breaking into stuff. Um, hiding things inside of other things, right? That's all just been wrapped around the career. That's almost 30 years old at this point, which also makes me kind of sad. It's like, oh, I've been doing this for way too long. I, I should have done something different, <laughs> something, something way different. <laughs> but it makes for an interesting life path. You get to work with cool characters, interesting folks, and it literally, the problems are global. So if you're co coherent enough, and there's been times in my career where I was coherent, Right, that uh, you get to do interesting things with interesting people in different parts of the world, helping solve weird ass problems. Right, yeah. and that's that's really the, the main thing. So, got a cyber consultancy going on, but we do more than that. We deal with radios, technology, uh, physical security stuff as it comes by, intelligence issues, uh, building programs for organizations when they're trying to build an internal counter intel component for protecting their own intellectual property, stuff like that. Right, so it goes from low level breaking and entering to Interesting stuff, complicated stuff. So you do you do physical security stuff as well, then, right? It blends in, right? Because that's yeah. there comes a point, right? When you look at a physical camera system, what does that tie into? A DVR. What's that tie into? Physical plant, cabling, that yep. ties to power, that ties to infrastructure, that backhauls to the internet. Yep. Is that physical or digital? Where where does it sit? Yeah, uh, you're you're yeah you're blurring the lines there too. So for sure. And what's, and what's interesting is people don't know the difference. They can't really navigate it. So in the end, we help clarify things for groups. Cause when you talk to any say fortune 1000 company, guess who runs the physical security? Any, any one of you three guys, take a guess. Oh, four. I see a man in the corner. Oh, uh, who runs the security where in a, in a, any physical, of these buildings? Security. physical security for buildings, a guy who'd be like the main chief who tells people what to do. Their IT guy. My, my guess is their IT guy. 50-50 chance it's an IT dude or a yeah. bureau guy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And that's I was, interesting. I was going to say the guy with the, the minimum wage. Well, hey, guys, real quick. If you have questions as we move through this tonight, um, put a hashtag Intel on your question, 
and those will get vacuumed off to the side and we'll do a little Q&A with Dan as we get to the end of this. Um, so so that's a that's an interesting uh, mixed bag of, of goodies, man. Have, have you heard the um, the reports coming out today? They're, they're making a big deal out of anticipating massive cyber attacks from Iran against, uh, you know, government facilities, agencies, whatever. Yeah, and that's that's just standard CISA language. CISA is an organization that's they deal with everything from cyber crap to disinformation, misinformation, which should scare the crap out of all of us and anyone paying attention. This yeah. is one or there, there's good people there. I know a handful of folk who I, I think you're smart. You you really know your stuff. But then what's the organization's mission? What's their purpose? A blanket statement that says Iran's gonna go do this. Well, what when weren't yeah. they doing it? It's kind of a duh statement that, that they said. Um yeah. The Russians are coming. Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, really? You don't say. <laughs> the Chinese too, maybe. It's like, yeah, they're all coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right now with with our current situation, so it sounds like CENTCOM canceled the Marine Corps ball this year. Um, it sounds like I, I read some other things today too that a lot of people are being ushered into recruiting uh, posts. In the, in the various branches right now. And with what's happening in Israel, we don't have Emory here tonight to get his update on things, but but what would you see as the greatest threat to the average person out there who's looking at all these things and thinking that's the boogeyman at the moment? What would you think, what would you say is the greatest threat to people, just average people right now around the world as opposed to the things that are occurring? So... This is the physical digital divide that I always talk about. There's this break, right? There's stuff that if your social media breaks down, if your cell phone doesn't work, people melt down, right? Yeah. Then they start, most people don't have an MCOM or emergency comms plan of any sort. They're not thinking that through. They don't understand what's my backup and what's the backup for the backup and how do, well, okay, grid's down. What do I talk about? How do I do stuff? I don't think that's our issue, right? I think really what we have to worry about is the information ecosystem that we're dealing with. We don't know what up from down. We don't know truth, right? You can't. So depending on your search engine defines what news and information you get like Baidu and um, another one of the CCP uh, based groups. They started blocking anything related to Israel. It's just being rewritten. You can't find it. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that's good or bad, but they're taking a stance in terms of what information we get. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be ingesting a, a crap ton of Palestinians. That, that, that's, and I don't think they do so well in China, probably based on what we see them being done with the Uyghurs. So yeah. what are they doing? They're playing an information war game, right? A large scale one, which for anybody listening, it's worth a little bit of Googling and it's changing and reshaping your perspective based upon the information you get, right? What you read, what you see will change what you think, which will change what you, how you vote, your buying habits. That's World War III, right? That's the precursor to it. And that's what it's going to be running on, right? It's George Orwell stuff. That's Oceania, where it went mm -hmm. in, the, in the eternal battle. And that's what we should be really concerned with. There's, there's stuff that's tangible. Yeah, there's going to be bad hacking stuff. Yeah, that's that's all. I know I could live without my phone, honestly. I could probably do really well. Oh, me too. I would be quite happy with it. All I need is a, just a, like a Garmin mounted to the dash of my truck. I'd be happy. It's really I'll all take I need. the paper map even. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I know how to read a map. I'm old. Yeah, me. I can read maps too. Um, but, you know, I'm getting old, like you said, and I need to wear reading glasses. It's hard to drive when you wear those. It's it's also hard to read your text message while you're driving too. I've noticed. The eyes yeah, just shifted recently. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I noticed. I noticed that uh, while you're driving, just close one eye. Close one eye while you're driving. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, one I, eye, see that text a lot easier. <laughs> I noticed that when I was driving back from Seattle, that country bumpkin that I drove all the way up to Seattle for that funeral. We're coming back, and that guy couldn't use a Google's map. He didn't even know how to use his phone. And he said, I forgot my atlas. I need an atlas. I stopped in a half a dozen truck stops and they don't Can't sell atlases anymore. I had, I had, it was a small country town. I had dusted off some old books and found him an atlas. And I was like, and I, I kind of threw it at him. And I was, I was like, you're so stupid. You don't have, and then I was like, then, you know, a hundred miles down the road, I was like, I'm jealous of you. You, you don't, you don't stay on the phone much at all. I, I wish I was like you, you know? Mm-hmm. Still had an atlas, but he wouldn't give me back the atlas. He kept it. <laughs> he kept it. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> and, and and it's probably not up to date, uh, you know. Now either if you if you found an atlas, it's certainly not up to date. 
1983 World Atlas, right yeah. there. Yeah, United well, States actually, Atlas. Gatezer is the word they use for those those sectioned out map books these days, and you can still find those on Amazon. I just don't know what the print dates are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I suggest uh, buying the Truckers Atlas. That, that's you know those guys. Those guys had have to figure out how to get around big metropolitan areas and everything. So those Trucker yeah. Atlases are pretty nice. Um, Dan, what's the? Do you know the? Uh, there's a search engine out there that you can use, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's um, anything in DuckDuckGo or Start Page or? No, no. This one is the one that'll let you select your bias. It'll give you left, right, or middle of the road bias. Like it'll let you select it. Like you can click it and tell you you can do your search and give and say, give me left bias, give me right bias, give me no bias. Do you do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. Thankfully, <laughs> I got yeah, I got to find it. Ready. I'm going to post it because that's interesting that you could do a Google search or you know basically a search for something and tell it to apply the bias filter and it'll change the results. You know, it changes everything. Do you know what uh, it's being fed through? What is it using on the back end? I got, I got, a, I've got a bunch of notes on it um, from the class. I took. I just haven't had time to sit down and digest those notes yet. Um, I got a ream of stuff to go through because it was all the class I took was called ground rod. And so it was about online privacy and anonymity, you know, um, using Tor browser and things like session or adamant and, you know, um, VPNs, all that stuff to, you know, try to keep some anonymity online. So, I mean, the, the question I always ask with any of those courses or anytime you're dealing with that material is who are you defending yourself from and what are you, what are the perceived threats and what are you trying to accomplish? Because in yeah. the end, you might break stuff you want and not really get the level of privacy you think you're actually getting. And yep. a lot of a lot of organizations, I've seen it throughout every DOD, MOD, law enforcement organization. They say, use this tool, use this thing. It's a prescribed can to process. And people forget that that has a specific signature. It looks mm -hmm. like something when you're using sure. these specific tools and that gets you put in the specific bucket and it, just by using the tool, using a like, do you trust your VPN provider? Do you know who they are? What's their agenda? What, how are they making money somehow? Yep. And if you look at the way the businesses are structured, they're always out and there's a handful of countries that are very friendly to shell companies. Some are off the coast of uh, West Africa. Others mm -hmm. are in Central America. When the companies are there, you go, hmm, how are they making money? I'm not paying enough to cover the bandwidth charges these guys deal with. I don't get yep. it. So what does that mean? It means we're the product. So how do you trust any of these organizations? How do you trust the tools? It's, it's I don't want to say it's privacy is dead, but it's damn near dead. I mean, you can take all these extreme precautions. One slip up, you lose everything. I mean, you achieve nothing by a ton of effort, ton of labor. And then you got a question. What's the value proposition? Why? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because we've taught these courses to to gov to civilians and say, what are you trying to accomplish? And oftentimes they don't even really know. They don't have codify. It. What do I want to get done? What am I trying to accomplish? And what am I willing to spend to get it? It comes down to a money game. What do you want to spend in order to achieve your privacy? And privacy is a luxury of the wealthy, in my opinion. Well, not only privacy, but convenience, you know, to, to, to be secure or to remain private or, or retain your anonymity. It's inconvenient as hell. You know, there's, that means no Google ever. You can never touch yeah. Google. If your phone should never have Facebook or all these apps that everybody likes to use, God forbid you put TikTok on your phone because you can never get it off. You know, even if you uninstall it, all that shit's still there and it's going to Chinese servers. And they're just farming your data is all they're doing. But um, what do you think about the, the, like the blockchain-based messaging platforms like Session, Adamant, those kind of things? We're, yeah, we have to remember what the purpose of a blockchain was. Not anonymity, not privacy. No. It's meant, it's, it's, it's essentially based on an open ledger technology, which goes back to the 90s. There's something, if anybody gets really, really bored, you saw something called Loom, which was like an open ledger, a, a banking technology. It's meant to be an open database for things to query and look at. It's, there are systems that are designed for privacy. There are some, I, I don't know what you get by achieving it. I mean, that, that's the thing. I don't really get it. I get it from a nerd perspective. But from an operational perspective, all you're doing is leaving a trail of rabbit crumbs everywhere you go. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't get what's the, what's the value? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we pay to do it? it? The the cost doesn't really jive and I don't know the use case for it. I mean, I, there's ways of applying blockchain technology in a pseudo anonymous way. There's like pirate, there's pirate coin, there's Monero from a purely financial perspective versus Bitcoin. Are you guys, yeah. anybody here into cryptos and you guys play with them at all? Yeah, I do. A little bit. Yeah. I see your fingers Bitcoin up. Bitcoin and Monero. Love them both. 
right? And the two different things. Yep. Bitcoin, 100% right. transparent. It's never been anonymous. Yep. wasn't designed to be anonymous, and everyone forgets yeah. it. And then there's Monero, which is. And I, I came across it and kind of like, I know this is like, I don't know, it's a bit, you know, off the cuff, but, and maybe strictly anecdotal because I'm not a tech guy and I don't understand this stuff. And some of it kind of freaks me the hell out. But I followed, I had a, a friend of mine who turned me on through Tor, um, some of the, we'll say, onion based markets. Okay, so <laughs> these onion-based global markets, okay, where you can buy certain products and things like that in a global fashion. I paid attention to it. I looked at it from an outsider, like I just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, so what are they doing and what are they using to make transactions? Well, it started out with Bitcoin. Um, then some of them in the markets brought in Ethereum, but then they all shifted to Monero. So it was kind of like, all right, so it's kind of a thing that you're never going to hear in like a, a business article or a finance article or whatever. But if you pay attention to these markets, right, what are they using? So, and I, I look at it from somebody who is, I'm not a tech guy. I'm just trying to emulate what um, smarter guys and folks who know that level of technology way better than I understand. Well, I'm, I'm going to mimic it because I, that's the best thing that I can approximate, you know? So Monero was one of those where it, 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 it made sense to me, and that's why I bought it. Because it seems to be a currency that's out there that's utilized in, I'm trying to say this in a, um, a It's an anonymous coin. Monero is a more anonymous uh, coin and a utility coin. It's not like There were markets out there that kind of, you know, wanted to have uh, a little bit of privacy around what they were selling and who they were selling to. That seemed yeah. to be the go-to. So it made yeah. sense to it's me. So like, yeah, I should have some of that. But don't forget, yeah. the things were done before with mixers. I, I, have you heard of a term yeah. called mixer? Yeah. And mix, the good mixers were impenetrable to anybody investigating them. I get, I did a class for, um, I'll say a global uh, law, uh, law enforcement group, explaining them what mixers are, what, what this stupid thing is back in 2016. Yeah. Hey, guys, you're going to have problems because you don't understand this, 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 and this. And the, the issue with the only issue I have with mixers is that you don't know what you're funding because they take a cut. And it's safe to assume you're funding trafficking, something, 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 something bad, typically. Well, and too, there's a lot of trust involved in those because you're basically giving them the, your money and hoping yep. they give it back to you when you're running through those. So let me put it in a different way. So it, there's, there's guaranteed to be a trust issue. Yeah. But if somebody breaks the rules of conduct, what happens to the criminal operation? Oh, yeah, it collapses. They'll, they'll eat, they eat their own. Down overnight. Right, yeah. dope dealers yeah. selling bad dope. Guess what? They're out of business. They're probably going to get killed. Yeah. Same thing, even more so on the internet because those reviews are persistent. That community's small, so it's because in the end, like it, when you're playing on the services uh, on the tour side, all the different onion services, you always have to wonder who's on the other side of things, right? Who has the resources to put things up? Who's going to maintain them? Who puts up like at least? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bad number out so that everyone hears this. It's not quite right. But there's an assumption in the community that at least 71% of all Tor exit nodes are compromised, which means the outgoing traffic is visible to whoever's pumping stuff through it. Yeah, it's Who always runs, the on-ramp, off-ramp that gets you for yep. Tor. That's, well, that's really same thing in physical life, right? Transition zones, they're dangerous. Yep. Right? Intersections, leaving a bank, that's when you get hit, going to an ATM. Yeah. Yep. Life, I mean, it's the physical digital. It's all the same. It just has different parallels. Right, so you, if you can't trust your system, Tor is cool for some stuff. For doing transactions online, I, I question the sanity of it for some folks. I've seen interesting large transactions, but yeah, I wouldn't work, expose any of my banking information to the Tor browser ever. Because <laughs> in the end, our friendly DOJ is they like to weaponize vulnerabilities found in that Tor browser, and then they hit you. Right, if well, you're active. didn't didn't uh, the feds create Tor in the first place? Wasn't that there? Their baby. I mean, do you consider <laughs> O and I the the feds, right? Naval Intel. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying that's their baby. They made it. They yeah. made it. But remember what most of federal use of Tor is for. It's for operatives overseas communicating. Yep. So is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? That's where these debates get really ridiculous for folks who don't know the history or they don't understand why teams are taught to use it. Right. Use this thing. This is how you get your Department of State email. Okay, <laughs> that's a good Here's idea. Your, 
here's your tails drive and this is how you do it so tails it's like okay but then yet you the moment you get online with tor everyone knows you're running tor off that node yes right you like people want to use these cool like the eric prince phone i'm getting so many questions about that stupid thing right it it it's it's gonna have a unique fingerprint on the cell network everyone knows eric prince is releasing a really cool really cool cell phone that's like anonymous and ninja stuff and it's really really neat and sneaky it's essentially android stripped down running graphene plus a store that his people built yeah, yeah. i mean it why trust it why trust i would trust it less than i would graphene plus <laughs> some other junk that's at least not tied to a store that could be usurped right you, you don't want to make go after an easy target or create a comm system that's based on an easy target. So yeah, I, if you're I, buying off-the-shelf stuff, you know somebody had to make it. You know, I meant somebody wrote the code, other than you, and you know, what's and in it? If a cell phone, most two parts, right? It's a radio and a software yep. part, like a computer. The radio, there's a limited amount of those radios that talk to the cell network out there. Right? That's that gets yeah. into nerdy, nerdy stuff. But there's only yeah. li literally a handful, maybe handful plus one, of unique devices that can do it. So that means the code base is similar, which means you hit, you you find a way to hack or attack any one of those six. You own any cell phone. What do you get? How who are you worried about attacking you? What how much are you willing to pay to be secure? Most people don't want to pay much; they want it free or cheap. <laughs> so it's, a, it's kind of a dead end discussion. And you're and it's never free or cheap because in the end, it makes you the product. You know, bingo. You're being sold one way. Yeah, yeah. So in, in your in your professional capacities doing this stuff, I know you've worked for like Fortune 500s and 100s and things. Um, have you have you seen anyone implement any level of privacy anonymity that worked um, uh, that, that potentially showed success? So corporate America. Let, let me think of how to phrase this properly. It's it's complicated. Mm -hmm. yeah. In general, they don't care about this stuff unless they have a special team that does investigations. And then that team wants, uh, needs the ability to do stuff on a pseudo anonymous capacity. They buy some prefabricated tools. I'm not going to give brand names because I'm not pushing business to any of those guys. There's a handful of companies that create tools that enable anonymous browsing or uh, friction resistant browsing. They're all expensive. I, I question once again, how good they are because typically the de the devil's in the details. You have to buy anonymous internet connections. Right? How do you deal with your inventory of your computers if you're trying to keep things anonymous? You, you buy your Dell or whatever it is. It's going to have a unique serial number. So you have to buy that through a cutout. Right? So we, we see big companies trying to do the same spook stuff our three-letter and four-letter agencies do, but they don't have the mechanisms, the procurement mechanisms, the ability to route things through anonymized shell companies. It goes against their corporate policy. It, it goes against their SEC filings. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to see them do it really well or effectively. You're going to see them do partial stuff. Uh, where you also see it with those groups is with red teams. Uh, are you all familiar with what a red team is? Oh, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. a group that breaks into something to prove they can. Yep. Like language is kind of perverse in corporate America because you're you're given a rules of engagement. right? There's no row in, in the real world. But in yeah. corporate America, your contract is. It's very structured, very rigid, very... Uh, very hard lateral and horizontal boundaries. So you're kind of stuck doing things by the book. Those teams often need that anonymity privacy stuff in order to do the research or to figure out like the, the good guys need access to figure out how the bad guys are coming after them. That falls under threat intelligence and what you, what lives inside of defense land, defense and Intel land is being replicated in corporate America, just kind of poorly. The guys are doing their best, and then you have folks who roll out of whatever world they're from, some special guy doing special things. They want the same cool access they had back in the old days. Yeah. Sorry, you don't get that. Right? Yeah. You don't have title authority. You can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. So I, you see it, but you don't see it well. Financials try to do it. I'd say the closer you get to Fortune 1, it's more common to have that tech, tech stack in place where it's like sneaky stuff. Sneaky stuff, anonymous stuff, privacy stuff. But even then, it's a big-ass company. They're going to do things, well, just like government. They're going to do things dumb. It's not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> they just, it's who well, they are. Too, it, it also comes down to personnel then. You know, you can you can yep. put all the, the SOPs in place and, and, and buy all the cool guy gear. 
and then some moron connects to a McDonald's Wi-Fi someplace or plugs a thumb drive into it that's that's unsecure, and, and he's just compromised everything. So it comes back down to people and 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 that that convenience factor and our culture. Our yeah. culture doesn't understand what bad guys do, right? We have an open trust society. I mean, in the end, we don't have bars on our windows. Most of all, I've had bars. I lived in crappy places, so I've had bars on my windows and gates and and live with helicopters and shooting outside all the time. That's really awesome. I, I don't have that anymore. But except in those places where that's a low trust society, you can walk up to somebody's door. The door of the building is made of, I'm sure Emery's talked about this. The old world, it's concrete. It's masonry. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Here, it's it's framing. And, and it's like balsa wood frames. Vinyl, vinyl siding on the outside and drywall on the inside. You know, a BB gun will shoot through it. Exactly. Easy to break in. So, and the whole point of that is as a culture, we don't get what bad guys do. We don't get what hard cultures do. People from hard parts of the world where they have to steal to live. They have to steal to eat. Right. I think of the Eastern, Eastern Bloc, the people who popped out of there in the eighties and nineties were hard as nails. You know why? They had no food. They had nothing. The only way they lived is if they figured out how to take it. And that's, that's the difference between us as a society. We're kind of soft. We don't get social engineering. You're not going to con people in certain parts of the world. They're being conned all the time. They don't buy it. Here, like yeah. ransomware attacks. Did you guys see the, uh, it was uh, Caesars getting hit embarrassingly bad with ransomware. Embarrassingly. Yep. Yep. It's a culture issue because we also don't investigate who we hire, right? If you look at the way we even do background checks on people for, I'll say from everything from clearances to work backgrounds, social media is kind of an afterthought. It's looked at a little bit. It's becoming more common. But it's not done persistently, right? It's done one time, one kill, then maybe in seven years later, right? Or yeah. In a corporate America, it'd be done once and that's it, one and done. And that needs to be run persistently in order to understand insiders, to see what people's li- where their lives have changed. Or do they have financial issues? Is there some leverage over them? And that's a culture thing. We just don't do it. So how do you stop insiders from doing stuff? In our world, you don't. Yeah. Right? You just don't. And that creates just a litany of issues. And I, to your point, we have so much insider issue inside of our culture and inside of big tech, inside of big firms. Our society doesn't even know how to deal with it. We just, we, so we ignore it. We just assume it's cool and move on. And we make so much money and we have such a good standard of life. It doesn't matter. And that's, is that a tech problem or is that just a sociological issue? That's society. Oh, in my book. I, I want to get this out because I forgot it. And I, fancy my note, I just remembered it. Let's explain the giveaway you want to do, and we'll get these guys entering in for the giveaway. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, because so, you want to give a 90-minute personalized session, right? This is this yep. is a direct with you, one-on-one kind of a thing. Yeah, I might bring in one of my guys, too, just for fun. But uh, yeah. so it's usually like 35, 45 minutes of talking, walking through life and scenarios, travel home, get a person's perspective on what they think security is. And then, at the, but then we spend time actually saying, here, we recommend X, Y, and Z. And assuming there's time in that window, well, you just show them how to do it. Here, you can use these tools. You can download this. How, just how to tighten up your world a little bit. Because if you make advertising theft harder for the, for the big guys, I think that's a good thing, right? If you make, um, who's the enemy, right? You just look around. You, that, that is the enemy. It's everybody. It's the carriers. That's the telecom. It's the big tech providers. It's your cell phone provider. It doesn't matter if it's Apple or Google or whatever. I mean, there's, there's only a handful of other operating systems that runs on, run on phones. But we'll talk right. about that in context. <laughs> we'll talk about that in context of what the world is, and specifically if they travel, this would be someone who'd want that because it makes a difference when you go to different countries, different cities, and what types of problems will follow you depending how you travel. Right? Google Fi, the coolest thing on the planet, if you think about it. It's a cell phone that works more or less everywhere. What are the pros? What are the cons? And nobody ever thinks those through. Right. Trying to see Rusk, if you can hear me, is that set up so we can get the hashtag to those guys to enter into this real quick? Um, one of the things that everybody's super always curious about, and you other two can jump in anytime here if you want to, you've got questions on this. Um, is is the worst case scenario kind of grid down life and, and how do they communicate and how do they do things? And I know you're a radio guy. There we go. So hashtag intel and your questions, guys, will enter you into the giveaway as well. Um, so do that. Um and we'll get to some questions with Dan here towards the end. We'll put that hashtag Intel in there to be entered for the giveaway of Dan's precious time here, which that's pretty cool that you're going to give him a solid hour and a half like that. Um, you can't achieve lot, much. Yeah, 
you know, time is the most valuable asset on the planet. So, um, with the with that thought in mind of, of, of people's biggest concerns are grid down or or the cell phone networks get hacked and, and how can we communicate? It goes back to having that 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 emergency communications plan, um, which most people don't have or, or don't know how to have or, or what to use for it. Obviously, ham radio is a good asset in that regard because um, it can't be turned off. It can't really be hacked. It can be jammed, but that's a different story entirely. So, and you got to wonder, you know, are you worth the effort the feds are going to take to try to jam you? You know, are you that big of, of a target? Uh -oh. So I think I think the issue is more um, large scale, like bulk collection was the term when people, what the stuff Snowden released. It was all just bulk collection. It's not targeting specific, well, there's a little bit of that too, targeting specific individuals, but it was how things are done at scale. So you can black out regions in terms of ham radio stuff. There's ways around it, but you need to be an, a, just an advanced operator, typically with your with advanced gear. Right? You need to know, like, in terms of ham speak for the hams out there, that you're going to be either, uh, you probably have to be an extra class just to leverage the different bands. And assume all the world's going to hell. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. You still need to practice and know how to do it. It's not easy, right? Antenna configuration is a thing, right? I love radio. Well, it's called antenna it. theory for a reason. <laughs> there's it's not even there's tobacco smoke <laughs> yeah. and chicken blood involved. It's like voodoo, you know? That's what I tell people with ham radio. And you're, and you're absolutely right. Like my wife just got her tech license, you know? Big, big round of applause for Mel. She got her license at our last event. Um, yeah. She's going to be getting on the radio, but it's like those people that, in my opinion, that, that buy that, that seed ball off of Amazon, that number 10 can packed full of all those envelopes of seeds, and they stick it in their closet because they think that when the world ends, that, that on game day, they're going to become farmers and feed their families, um, you know? Yeah. But it's the same theory with ham radio, that I'm going to have them, and I'll figure out how to use them when I need them. No. No, you're not going to no. figure it out. No. It's ironic. People who should know better are the same ones who say that stupid, stupid shit. It's just like they really. Sh I have friends who they come from a background where they've done covert comms overseas. You need to know how your gear works, all of it, yeah. right? If you put up a hasty antenna, covert like just a wire across the roof, you need to understand the propagation, which means you need to have done it once, twice, maybe, maybe God help you three times, right? Yep, and absolutely, yeah. Or more than that, really. They can talk across the country. It's like, guys, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take a we're gonna run a quick little uh, little break here because you know, guys, we have the on the rocks after show where we can talk a little more freely because we run out on Rumble, and we're just gonna do a quick one for that. And we're right back with you. The First Amendment says freedom of speech. It doesn't say unless it hurts somebody's feelings. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next. I love our voice guy. He's awesome. That guy, pretty good dude. Hell of a voice. <laughs> yep. And I and I have the uh, look of. Uh, we were just. I was texting with one of the fans here, and uh, she said I look like an old hippie, and I said, No, I'm going for it. The GI Joe look of the '60s. What do you think? Yeah, you got it rocking. You need a little that just for men. That little that um, just for men shit will make you look just like him. Yeah, clean it right up. Make you look like Emory, for that matter. Look like Emory. Like Emory. I, I keep I keep it short. I keep it short, and I I have the trigger finger for Barbie. You know, because Ken's at a, a war a war protest or something. So we had, we actually had someone. We actually had someone comment earlier that said that there was too many beards, yeah. too many beards on this show. And, and, and they, left. I was left. like, what? Said that and then left. I don't understand this. There's too many beards and left. Yeah, it said there's just too many beards for this show. And uh, thank you anyway. I've got to go. And that was it. I was like, wow, I've never heard such a thing. Too, many, too much, too much uh, testosterone for me. Right. Too much masculinity. So, that's what it is. Cheers to that. So as Chris, a um, as Chris, a complete idiot, got, well, as a as a complete technical technology idiot here, what I'm hearing out of this whole conversation that we've been having is is that 
to be safe, I literally have to throw every single electronic device that I own, just bust it up and burn it. I mean, is that where we're at in the well, world? You got to ask yourself, what are you trying to be safe from, right, Dan? That's that's the question. What are you there trying are, to be safe? It, it is turns that what into it is? lawyer speak. I mean, it's and that's the that people bitch me all the time. Blah blah blah. You sound like a lawyer because the the answer is always it depends. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? What level of risk are you willing to take? And who are you trying to defend yourself from? Right? You want to hide from the NSA. Good luck. All right. If you want to hide from your local law enforcement, well, I mean, that's easy. <laughs> that's not very hard. Typically not very hard. But hide what? Right. Yeah. And that's the biggest it's thing. Not very hard anyway. Your phone? Right? Your email? Because it's all these, all this digital Beacon. that we have. Yeah. Uh, pen and paper. Oh, is that you waving the phone? I can't tell. I just said, yeah, it's my phone. I'm like, this is just a beacon. That's all this is. It's a beacon. <laughs> You know, yep, it's, it's always trans- and there's stuff that I mean, we could even go into in a probably different session or the, the private session. But I so saw I got like I'm looking at my desk. There's there's six phones facing me. They all do different stuff. They all have different purposes. Yep. Right. And who's going to invest in that unless it's part of their life and their career? Nobody. Do you run like a like a tax phone that's, that's never had a SIM card in it? That's a Wi-Fi only sort of deal. I've done that stuff when traveling overseas. It's it's of questionable value but it works for certain purposes but remember when you travel like a ghost and you become a ghost ghosts still leave shadows in the digital world so now all of a sudden whoever's looking knows here's a ghost here's sneaky man what's sneaky man doing right because you in the end you still need to connect to something even if it's a portable hotspot or a satellite hotspot or something that generates a signature Mm -hmm. so in the perfect world everything's wired no wireless and Somewhere, something is gonna is, is, it hits wireless, guaranteed. Yeah. I'll just I'll make a blanket statement. Everything that has wireless gear beacons and says hello at some point, even if it's turned off. Gotcha. I mean, that answers kind of my question. I was always I'm, I'm curious about this whole uh, Wi-Fi vacuum I got driving around the house here. I mean, that's 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 <laughs> it's mapping out the whole place, isn't it? Yes, it is. I got a Bluetooth uh, cup. When I'm on long phone calls and whatnot, it keeps things warm. It ties to my phone. You think this stupid thing generates some information that yeah. goes over Bluetooth over the internet connection to whoever made this? It's thing got a MAC address. It's, it's got a MAC address. If it's a transmitter, it's got a MAC address. So it's so unique. It's it's its own thing. Now you can spoof MAC addresses, which means you can create fake ones. There's Bro. ways around all this stuff, the, but it's not for the average dude. Right, the average family can't do it. Your kids bring a device home from school. Okay, I got this stupid thing. I got to put it on the network. There's, I have friends who were secret squirrels. They did secret stuff, ninja stuff, right? But then they deal with real life. And guess what? The first thing they have to do, just like in the field, when your crypto breaks, what do you do? Go clear. You have to open up everything and just make stuff work because otherwise, well, the kids can't get their schoolwork done. I can't be a secret squirrel at home. Yep. It's hard. It's just it's a hard discussion because you have to wrap your head around principles, not not tactics. Something just went off over here. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so you have to think about what the big picture is, what you're trying to accomplish, and what does it look like, and then tie it back to a tactic that makes sense, right? So, and all, all we know are tactics, right? Tools, how to do some stuff, how to run this, how to run that. What, the where, the why, and if you can build your own, right, which the real sneaky squirrels, that's what they do, or they try to blend in using other people's tools so they look like everybody else. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what we're left with. You have to poison what you give out to the world versus trying to be anonymous. That's why I always laugh at the gray man idea. It's like, oh, good luck. Anybody who knows what a guy carrying a gun looks like can see the bulge, can see the gate change, can see the bag. Digital world the exact same. When you know what you're looking at, it's like looking at the Matrix. If everyone remembers that movie, Shimmering in the '90s, the, when Neo's looking at the the green yep. screen. Yep. It's 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 that clear. Let's um, let's shift gears a little bit to the uh, and and talk about that that uh, pro Palestine uh, protest um, because there's some uh, most people I don't think are aware of that, and I, I just want to get into that a little bit about. The level of organization that went into that. I don't I think a lot of people in the country don't understand the domestic threats that we face that are not from our government, our guys, um, that are that are from outside and how organized these people are and well funded. The left is extremely well organized and extremely well funded. Um, and I wish I could put this graphic up on the screen. Let me see here. Maybe I can. But 
is that one is that one you sent in to Dan? I shared it because I thought it'd be because it'd be an interesting discussion point for operator guy here to my right. We got with the, yeah. the GI Joe haircut because yep. we have to look at it from not just we'll look at it from a physical perspective, but then I want to toss some digital into it to explain what they're collecting and collecting means what are they're capturing from the target yeah. group that they're surrounding. Right? Yeah. There's there's a story wrapped around that. Maybe we cover it now or later, but it's. We can talk about it right now. That's that's. I kind of wanted to shift gears into that. I'm gonna see if I can okay. put up screens here and tell what the hell we're talking about. Um, let me see here. Give me just a second. Should have had this did already. But today's been a rough day. Do, do, do. Uh, hang on. Sue, did you see that photo? That that graphic that's at the bottom of the notes on that thing. In, in the show notes today. I can try to find it. Hold on. Nice. Um, I'm, what the hell is going on here? Well, you guys dig for it. Let me kind of describe what it is. So yeah, I got it. I found it. I'll have it here in a minute. Go ahead, though. So there was a protest in Minnesota. And long story short, Minnesota defended the police uh, post-2020. A lot of the interesting fiery or fierce but or fiery but peaceful protests happened there. And they've had a very clear progressive leftist movement for a long time. And when I say that, it's like black block Antifa, uh, BLM kind of fused together. And somehow the left is fusing with uh, uh, some form of Islamist viewpoint, which also doesn't make sense because the two are mutually exclusive. They don't get along. But anyway, they're all working together. And here we are three years later, and we have a pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine, but it's more pro-Hamas type thing occurring. And what they do is they create roadblocks, but they do it in an efficient manner. It looks yeah. like very well-trained irregulars or uh, let's just say uh, a competent team putting together uh, northern and southern roadblocks, multiple layers of roadblocks. They have their own QRFs yeah. on ATVs moving up and down to deal with people who break through it. And then they actually with have their drones. own aerial assets. So they actually have a drone watching what's going on to do command control to the team on the ground. And when you put that in perspective of what any, say, local prep or community preparedness group has, do we have anything like that? Typically not, right? They're well-funded. They have good gear. They have the ability to move fast, right? They're literally, we're talking of uh, some hybrid of third and fifth gen warfare, right? They're manipulating the media. They're manipulating the physical space. And they're controlling the digital domain, right? Because they're controlling the narrative of what's going on. Yeah. And what's beautiful about that picture before I drop and, and shut up and say, hey, please, Sue, take over. The videos that were done after describing the situation done by the, the pro-Palestine people were genius. No, they, didn't, they just made everyone involved look stupid except from them. And it was all very reasonable, very clean. They shaved the guy, made him look coherent. And it, it, the whole stack of information is, again, it, it's just, it's hard to fight. I'll just say that. So with that, yeah. I'm shutting up and Sue... Take a look. Let me get it. I'll have this up here in just a second. I'm loading it right now. Um, it's just not cooperating with me. Do do, but it, yeah, the, the 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 level of sophistication that was involved in this thing was impressive. Um, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? That's why I wanted to show it, talk about it, because I think this is the kind of thing that a lot of folks are scared of. Where the hell is it? Um, and rightfully so. How do you defend yeah, it? But they don't understand is what I'm getting at. Is they, they, are, yeah. they should be scared of it, but they don't understand it. Um, yeah. Here we go. If you don't there get the it threat, it doesn't even look like a threat. Uh, that makes perfect sense. There, so there's the image. So this is the roadblock. And Sue, you can probably take a look at that. Let me see if I can. Uh, it'll zoom in a little bit. I'm going to adjust it some so you guys can see what's happening here. So there we go. You've got... This protest, they've got their own vehicles blocking the road. They've got, like he said, their QRF basically moving up and down on ATVs. So they have their own vehicles pre-blocking the end of the avenue to control the battle space and prevent outside interference or escape of enemies. This is clear from the captured drone audio. He can only turn around. So they had, like he said, they had aerial assets as well. Oh, where'd it go? There it is. And... And three ATVs and a motorcycle in this view alone are the rioters' mobile rapid reaction force to respond to outside interference or to prevent people from escaping 
what is essentially a cauldron right there um, by what they're doing. So, Sue, what would be your suggestions if you're one of these people sitting up here in this corner at this intersection trying to get out? What would be your recommendation? And, and two, potentially, we don't know what they're being funneled into either way here because you can only go left or right or do a U-turn and get out of there. But what would be your suggestion on something like that, Sue? Uh, we're on YouTube, right? So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, we'll get your real answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody's on the south, but when when I first saw this, the annotations in the um in the notes said that the gentleman in the white car that they were chasing down was an elderly guy. So you know, also too, they're they're picking the low hanging fruit or the easy targets to manipulate. Um, which again, you know, I don't know to me whether that is unconscious competence or it's, a, it, it, you know, it's, it's a tactic that's intentional to garner, you know, I don't know, more of a sensational response, right? Because, you know, I look at it this way, just like Sue said, we're on YouTube, right? Yeah. We are. I'm going to tell you right now, the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, that shit ain't going on. Okay. It's just not happening. All right, people are going to get their heads cracked in and cars are going to be lumped up and it's just not going to go well for the people that are doing that stuff. So that's why I never, you know, I, I never, have, I never leave. The, I never leave the house without a sidearm. Never. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm in for a sec too. I feel, I feel, I feel more nervous in my own country, you know, 10, 15 years after being in, in a big city like Baghdad. I feel more nervous going into Asheville, North Carolina, than I did ever going into. Right that, brother. That. Agreed. I don't leave the house without a rifle. Yep. I just don't. Yep. And yeah. uh, I wish, I wish, I wish the you know the UN imposed it, and after the fall of, of the Ba'athist regime, but I wish we had that same rule here, where everybody has to have an AK-47 in your house and three magazines for for self-protection for your family. Yeah, that, that, that should just be a rule for every. I mean, if you don't have Agreed. one, you should get fined for not having one. That's just that well, simple. we can look at what happened yeah. on the seventh in Israel the same way. Those people were trapped in their homes. Yeah, every house has a safe room, but most of them did not have a way to defend themselves. But yeah, to Dan's point, to Dan's point. To Dan's point, you yeah. can see the organization that's it's used in those in the vehicles blocking the yeah. ATVs, yeah. everything. That's planned. That's coordinated. They set a date, right? And I I almost challenge some of these guys that, that spend all their time looking at these these videos. Why don't you start? Why don't you start using face, facial recognition uh, software and see how many of these people who were protesting for this, that, or the other are now protesting for Hamas. They're the same people. Mm -hmm. They are the same people. They are paid protesters. Yep. They get a paycheck for doing this kind of thing. Indeed. I saw that that in Philadelphia, too. It was one of those things that was a a bit of an eye-opener for me Um, during the George Floyd riots in, in Philadelphia. We were providing a little bit of help to a friend whose bar was being ransacked um, and smashed in with uh, um, concrete planters. You know, when we arrived there, we were able to, you know, shoot them off with a little bit of, um, um, let's say, um, amplified uh, motivation. Okay. They they broke contact pretty quickly when we showed up. And, um, but what I noticed was there were, um, maybe guys that might look like they uh, run a coffee shop in Portland, Oregon, um, going around paying some of the young kids from the Philadelphia neighborhoods and pointing out targets for them. That store, that business, this place, and paying them on the spot to go do like damage. So, you know, like I, it, it was one of those things I was like, man, this is coordinated at a, at a different level. This is not just, you know, folks reacting in a knee jerk way. Um, to prove some social justice point, it's uh, it's a bit deeper than that. it really it is. And it was a real eye opener for me because I, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't, you know, just as an average Joe, like just trying to, you know, help the community out. I looked at that and I was like, man, was the whole thing orchestrated? You know, yeah, it was. And all the damage uh, and the violence and the people that actually had some real 
you know, bodily harm, you know, was it something that was coordinated at a higher level, you know, and it seemed that way too. And I totally agree. We're going to, we're going to run another quick little promo. And when we come back, we're going to do some questions for Dan from, from the viewers here. So we're going to do this real quick. We're right back. As we all know, shadow banning is a real thing. And I know it affects me greatly. One of the things we're doing to get around that is the new website has a sign up where you can get the newsletter. I highly recommend you go over and do that because you're not getting notifications from all the platforms. Even Patreon's not sending out notifications. But if you get on the mailing list, you'll get the newsletter and any important updates. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of email. I'm damn sure not going to sell your email address. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But it's a way that you'll be able to keep up with what's going on. Because too many people are saying, hey, I didn't get the notification for this. I didn't know you are doing that. That's because social media hates me. And they're not sending stuff out. So hit the link down below. Sign up to the, the mailing list. You'll get the weekly newsletter and the updates that come out periodically. But if you want to stay connected, it's the best way to do it. Hit the link below. And you guys know the drill. Be good or be good at it. I just want to hit some of these comments before we jump over to the after show because there's some good ones in there. And uh, so, like Patrick here, ever heard of the Alfred app? I'm sure you know what he's talking about. It allows you to hook up a bunch of old cell phones together with Wi-Fi to make a mesh network, essentially. Um, yep. That's that's what that's basically doing. Is mesh network. What's your opinion on mesh networks? I got my own, but what's your opinion on them? For what's the purpose? Maybe that that's the it's, big it, question. Yeah, that's to what it goes best. All the Patriot movement, they want to use mesh tastic. It's like, okay, guys, use gear that works that doesn't blow up when the sun hits it. And so mesh networks are cool. They're interesting. They have a place. I believe decentralization of everything. That's the future, hundred percent. Decentralized tech, decentralized communication, and mesh is a part of that. That that's a bigger. That's a big, big conversation. Yeah, but it's yeah, much it's like Alfred have a place. I mean, maybe in a hotel when traveling, but even then, you light up that infrastructure. I mean, what are you trying to once again? Who are you protecting yourself from? Are they capable of detecting your countermeasures? If so, consider different countermeasures. Yeah. And and the next one here is Patrick's asking about Flipper Zero. Patrick, I would tell you to go to the website and and click brush beater down there and go to the store and um, look at a porta pack, not a flipper. If you're going to spend some money, go buy a porta pack if you want to play with hacker tools. Would you say so? A porta pack over a Flipper Zero, Dan? It depends what you're trying to do. A porta pack can't clone NFC. No, it, like, but your cell phone can. You, you can, but it doesn't do everything well. Encrypted no. stuff. The flipper is a toy that teaches you concepts, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. And the porta pack yeah. teaches you about spectrum, which is also pretty cool, right? If you want to like clone IDs to get into buildings, by you buy a Proxmark V4 with the Iceman pack. That's the proper tool. Yeah. A, a flipper, a flipper is just gonna get you flagged through TSA or whatever country you're going through, and they're gonna take it from you. Because oh yeah, I wouldn't try to travel a flipper on you or a porta, but definitely not a porta pack and a and an SDR. Um, yep. So Dan, how likely do you think the chances of major cyber attacks on finance financial institutions are? Define cyber attack, right? Every every major financials undergoing them persistently. The real question is: Are they going to take down SWIFT? Are they going to take down ATMs? Or are they going to manip manipulate data on the inside? What scares you more? Manipulation of data that scares the living crap out of me. That's real, right? That's the mix of it's it's information ops, right? It's causes it's sabotage and destruction coupled with hacking. Just shutting stuff down, we recover. If you screw stuff up, that can screw things up over years. Yeah, and that's uh, almost impossible to recover from. Absolutely. Here's another one. She Texas Leah asking, should I get one phone for personal business and a separate phone for social media, basically? And never the two should meet. And if you can do that and you can afford to do it, and I would, yes, 100%. Yep. When I, I have friends who are media personalities. They're famous. that They have to split everything up. And th there's ways to go well beyond that that would offer you a lot more security too. Because in the end, the social media company doesn't know need to know what street corner you're on. It's none of their damn yep. business. But that's what their app collects on your phone. Yep. Yep. Amongst other and, things. It collects everything. And never the two should meet is the hard part. You're like, those two phones should never be on you even at the same time you know otherwise and speaking from experience you'll never send a shirtless photo to your boss <laughs> i mean unless you think he's cute oh yeah, yeah. maybe how do you think the combination use of ai and quantum computing by the government will change how the internet will be used essentially or i guess maybe how will it change the internet environment might be a better question 
as it stands, most of what we read, most content produced is going to be AI generated. Yep. Government's going to do the same. Now, we all know government is retarded. They're a little confused. They're slow. They, the, what's not slow? Private sector. They're, they might be a little confused in their own way, but they're moving faster. So little brother is much scarier than big brother from that perspective. In terms of breaking crypto, I, in the end, government doesn't need to break crypto. They just need to know which two endpoints are talking. Right, they they can retain your data ad infinitum forever. Break your crypto twenty years from now, and that's really the risk with quantum. Quantum will make real time decryption of Tor, real time decryption of VPNs, even if you're old like me, PGP email encryption stuff. All yeah. of it is easy to do. Same with Signal, right? If you retain it long enough, that they, they all they need to do is capture and keep, well, and have it over time. So on the, si on gonna, the Signal land, let's let's get real clear on, on a couple of things too. Everybody's like talking about breaking encryption and companies like Signal and this other crap. None of that matters if the company, the, the service that you're using, that that company resides in a Five Eyes nation, and Five Eyes is the United States, Canada, Britain, Australia, New Zealand. If it resides in any one of those countries, it's just a matter of them sharing information back and forth. They show up with a warrant for that company and say, we need the information from this username or this phone number or this whatever. They're going to get it. They don't need to break encryption. It'll be handed to them. Um, and, and so that's a big deal. People, I think they understand that, you know. And there was another question in here. I don't know. I'm just leading into this one off of this. That, that question was for average person, iPhone or Android. Um, for me, I'm going to say Android because Apple, Google, Facebook, these companies, like Dan said earlier, our biggest threats aren't our government. It's actually the corporations that are collecting the data on us actively and, and they're utilizing it and manipulating it. Um, so I would personally, I would never have an iPhone ever in my life. I never have and I never will. Um, yeah, I made my wife get rid of her iPhone. <laughs> so The camera is really good. The software, very good. The software ecosystem, really good. Security, really good. But you're not safe from Apple. That's the problem. And, and, and security isn't awesome when you think about forensics, being able to extract data from it. It's It depends, once again, who your threat is. And if you like Android, use Android. If you want to be a privacy-conscious person, you buy a Pixel, you install Graphene, you pay someone to install Graphene for you, show you how to use it. It's mm -hmm. not easy. It's not fun. It's not smooth, but it works. All the ad stuff is gone. And so most of the marketing and BS that you get hammered with, just gone immediately. Yep. Which, I mean, that's a but, reasonable option if you can handle it and have a reason to do it. That's the thing. People got to understand that those phones, all the apps are sandboxed. No app can see any other app unless you specifically enable that. Um, and, and that goes back to that convenience factor. Like you're saying, they're not as convenient to use. They're not as easy to use. And, and uh, people like convenience. You know, they like being able to have their iPhone. And when they're on their, their, their uh, MacBook, they're, they'll see, they can see their text messages, you know, uh, and all that stuff crosses over back and forth. People like that. They think that's super cool. But when you start trying to move into this the more security, privacy kind of a world, all that goes away and things get a lot harder to do, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes more difficult. No, there is no easy button. No, there is no easy button. Um, this is a good one. Winston Smith, I recently got my ham technician license and I'm learning as I go. What can you recommend I do to be best prepared using ham radio? Use it. That's what you can do. Use it. Key that mic. Um, you know, get on nets, program your local repeaters in, keep your radio in your car when you're driving to and from work, and, and get on there with those ratchet jaws that like to talk about what kind of radio they're talking to you on. Um, just to get yeah. time on the mic, you know. Would you think so, Dan? Because most people I, have that mic right, you know, they don't want to talk. Know. People get the technician and they get bored real quick because it's, it's it's boring, honestly. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so my first thing is go get your general. Study, just get the general. If you can get the extra, get the extra. Do it all in a block really fast over the course of a couple months. Play with DMR. That's digital radio. That is incredibly powerful. I mean, you can literally push to talk off a radio and talk to a friend overseas, right? All through, It's through the internet or through repeaters that are internet connected, but it's still radio technology. Learn how to manipulate spectrum. That's... Learn how to play with radio by an SDR, even if it's just listen only, right? Uh, RTL SDR, just a, a stupid little new elect $30 thing off Amazon. You start learning how things work. If you get the principles, then you'll be able to manipulate the system. And that's yep. what that's what ham radio is about. It's about learning and playing. Yeah, absolutely. And conveniently enough, we on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, we do a DMR net 
uh, Stunt Knocker on the TGIF network. So that's one way to jump in. If you've got a radio, get a DMR, get it set up for DMR. If it's capable, and if not, get you one. They're cheap. You can get them for you know under hundred dollars, just about in some places, and uh, and you can be on on the DMR nets, you know, or you can get an SDR, you know, have an SDR radio to do the same thing. So, um, we're running up against the clock here, and I want to do the giveaway. So let's do that real quick, Russ. You want to roll our giveaway? Let's select our winner for ninety solid minutes. That's that's a really cool giveaway, man. Like that's solid. Do, do, do. Let me see here. There we go. I love this thing because it does it by itself. We don't. There's no. Uh, there's no fudge in this one. It's on an iPhone. It's on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, Winston Smith. All right. How perfect is that? You're the last question, and and you win. Uh, shoot your info over to Russ at AngryAmerican.com, and uh, we will get you two hooked up together. To get that done heck yeah there you guys go right there and uh t you got anything you want to close out with before we jump over we can talk about all this other shit we couldn't talk about here in a few minutes yeah i mean really you know it's a scary world and and mainly because i think i'm just a technology dunce that's what it is i i definitely need to get to, to up my game a little bit that and Never argue with Dan on anything because he's just going to ask you a question every time. Uh -huh. <laughs> Dan's, yeah. you're, you're, Dan, your, your response is like my standard response when I get asked stuff like, what should I have in my pack or what rug should I buy? I'm like, well, that depends. Yeah. <laughs> it all depends. Yeah. Well, That's the truth. Yeah. Try, yeah. Try the thing as the guy at the back of the bar over here, I just want to say thank you to Dan, too, because this topic literally makes my butt pucker. Right, because I, it's one of those things that is a gaping hole in my knowledge base, and I, I don't, I don't understand it, and and that's ultimately the reason why it creates fear for me and not understanding. So to you know come across somebody who has knowledge on that level that can you know at any point or whatever you share, I just want to say it's greatly received and thank you. My pleasure. It's been a, it's a fun conversation. Yeah, and we'll have you on again, Dan, to, to dive into some of these yeah. some of these topics a little more directly and, and a little deeper. Because I, I know we're gonna get a bunch of questions out of this. So, so Sue, what do you got mm -hmm. for us, man? Uh, I'm not scared of Dan. I know where you live, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome here, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, just just get my bedroom ready because uh, I just took a trip six thousand miles up to Seattle and back to North Carolina, Ooh. and uh, I I did a lot of observation on my trip. And uh, the the world has changed, guys. Our country has changed. And, yes, it has. Agree. Many many of us who think we have common sense, it's it's not as common out there anymore, and uh, yeah. we don't. We don't really fit in, whether it's Seattle or Portland or Phoenix, or it just uh, kind of stand out. And uh, I, I'm really, I'm really feared. Uh, I'm really in fear for our next generation. And, and of course, I, I harp on my kids all the time. And I'm sure they're 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 tired of my preaching, but uh, they're they're starting to see it. They're starting to see it. I mean, this uh, this whole thing that's going on all over the world right now. Uh, this goes back to the Democratic Party being the Confederates. You know, they they they, they were the Confederates, and uh, I'm still you know, on the belief that they're out to destroy the Constitution, no matter what. So, yep. just like Dan Dan pointed out in that picture, it's all organized. None of this is spontaneous. None of this is instant anger. You know, this is this yeah. is something they've been working on for generations, for decades, and it's coming. Think about it. We, we have this. We have this. Uh, this stuff going on in Israel, where Hamas, uh, you know, attacked Israel directly, butchered Israeli civilians. And and what does Kamala Harris come out with today? But the new plan to combat Islamophobia in our country. You know, this everything's planned. None of this stuff happens by accident, guys. So just understand that first. And 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 like Dan said earlier, most of the stuff you read these days, no, it's going to be AI generated. And it's sad that we live in a time. In a country where we can't believe anything that we hear, read, or almost even see anymore, um, the, everything is propaganda from one side or the other. You're, you're getting somebody else's take, um, and it's getting harder to do your own research because they're controlling it now. 
So, um, you know, you don't have the lever levers of knowledge anymore, uh, which is the even scarier part because you're not going to know what's actually real and what's not. And trying to make decisions based off of that's going to be tough. So, and eventually we're going to question our own judgment and our own understanding because we're going to be inundated by so much crap. Yeah, it's that's the next phase, and that what that does that, that the human brain you shut down, you stop thinking, you go up, oh, yep. f it, I don't yep. want to think about this. I'm done. I gotta I gotta pay bills yeah. and feed my family. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. See, it's, it's just like the experiment that was done with the dogs on the um, they had an electrified electrified floor, and the dog would walk around. And, you know, in the beginning of the experiment, every once in a while, perimeter, the dog would get shocked. So it would shy away from that section. And then it was just getting routinely shocked, 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 shocked. The dog just laid down and took the shocks, didn't do anything. It went straight to a docile, submissive perspective. And it just took yeah, it's all the giving up. It's called giving up. Yeah. That's because that's what it leads you to do. So you guys know the drill. Jump over to Rumble. We'll do the after show. We'll be over there in just a few minutes. And uh, appreciate everybody being here. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. And like I said, I do want to have you on again to, to drill down in a couple yeah. of these things. A little deeper. Yeah. And Dan, you um, are you in North Carolina? Unfortunately not. I live out west. Oh, shit. All right. I thought it was like how vague that is. Readiness, uh, you have a meal on me at the, the next mountain readiness. Heck yeah. I also, I I also like how there's, there's virtually... Well, I'll say I couldn't find any photos of you online anywhere. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done. Oh. Very well played. <laughs> well, let me get my camera out here. Let me take a picture of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. On my, that's on my iPhone. Dan. That's not Dan. That's really Dan. That's not Dan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, these it's these iPhones are great. These iPhones, the camera on these yeah. is great. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you on the after show.